0: It's another exciting episode here at On The Path, and we are speaking about the things that matter this season, and one of them is sex trafficking. Coming up next, we are talking with Mike and Felicia Fishoff of FightForFreedom.ca, our incredible season three sponsors, and we are pulling off the covers on what's going on in this industry, what we have wrong, the misconceptions, what we need to learn, how we can figure out the signs of someone that's been sex trafficked how you can make a difference as a freedom fighter in your own local community and also more importantly the incredible on the grounds work that fight for freedom is doing not only in this nation but in america and the philippines guys you do not want to miss this conversation we are going to make a difference available on all podcast platforms or subscribe to my youtube channel and i will see you on the path let's go
1: you're listening to On The Path Podcast with Cheryl Nebhardt, brought to you by Fight for Freedom, educating, empowering and equipping community members by raising awareness and training others surrounding the issues of sex trafficking. For more information or to donate, go to fightforfreedom.ca. Follow Cheryl Nebhardt on all social media platforms.
0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of On The Path Podcast. I am so excited about this episode. Let me tell you, it's been a long time coming. I'll tell you why I am so buzzed, because I am speaking with not only incredible individuals, you're going to get to know their story and get to know the passion behind what they do, but I am speaking with our key sponsors for season three. Come on. (laughs) I am talking to the, the visionaries behind fight for freedom. And I cannot wait for you guys to get to know more about them throughout this whole season. You've been hearing little snippets about what they do, uh, in every intro, every outro, but today we get to hear the heart behind these two incredible individuals who are changing the landscape in Canada, doing work in anti-sex trafficking, anti-sex exploitation. I cannot wait for you to meet them. Let me tell you a little bit about these guys. So Mike and Felicia Fishaw are the co founders and Canadian directors for Fight for Freedom? Felicia is a mom of two wonderful boys. She has her bachelor's in social work and a BA in international development studies. Uh, she is also, uh, she's got, I love that, she's got a certificate for spiritual direction from the MAS. Did I say that right? MAS. The Emmaus. I love that. The Emmaus Formation Center. She is currently pursuing her Master's of Divinity in Clinical Counseling. And Mike Fischoff, in response to a conversation that he had, and I can't wait to hear about this one, with a survivor from sex trafficking all the way in 2009, that prompted a work that would help uh, those caught in sex trafficking, and they founded Fight for Freedom. And now together, uh, alongside a team of dedicated individuals, volunteers, staff, Mike and Felicia, are reaching out to strip clubs, massage parlors, prisons, hotels, online platforms, and even the streets. Yes, they're hitting the streets all across Canada, uh, helping, uh, oh, and America and the Philippines guys. So let me say that again, all across Canada, America, and the Philippines, hoping to identify and give support to individuals impacted by sex, the sex industry and by trafficking. So we need a drum roll. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mike and Felicia Fishoff. Woo! Thank, you to have Thank you for, for having guys. us. <laughs> and woof woof. Welcome to <laughs> On The Path. And um, for those that are watching online, if you notice right here, we got a little snazzy logo here. <laughs> I am so excited to be with you guys. Listen, you know, I was saying this to uh, my team, you know, you can walk down the street And you can see people and try to get a sense of their lives, but you never know, like the incredible work or stories behind them. I look at the two of you guys and what you have accomplished so far is unbelievable. And I know that God is just getting started. So I'd love to talk to you a little bit about, let's kick it off with a little bit about you, your story and how this whole vision of fight for freedom came to be. Um, Maybe Mike will kick off with you.
1: Yeah, sure. It it all started in 2009. I was working for an inner city Christian organization and just having an amazing time reaching out to families, young people in sometimes difficult community systems. And uh, out of this, there was a young man who just was worried about a friend of his. And he said, would you please meet with this individual? And so I gathered a small team and we met with, uh, with her. And never before had I felt such an intense... Um, just form of almost darkness that was around this person. I knew this person was in deep trouble but I had no idea what it was that she was actually facing. And so we as a team continued to meet with her and build relationship for over a year. And finally, she felt comfortable to share her story. And her story didn't come out all in one sitting. It was, you know, a little bit here and a little bit there. But essentially, her story was that in her elementary school, a student teacher began to sexually abuse her. And when she left that school to go to a middle school, he began to pimp her sell her to his friends to make money. She never saw a penny. It was completely through coercion and manipulation and fear-based control. And I was blown away. I couldn't believe that this was happening in our city um, with people that I you know, was working with, like you were mentioning, seeing on a daily basis but had no idea some of the things that they, they were really facing. Mm. And uh, so I'd done a little bit of anti-trafficking work previously in the Philippines and in India and in Thailand Um, but didn't realize the intensity of what this means in Toronto. And so our team quickly formed to pray for this person, to help give supports for them in their exit. Uh, It was a long story of, you know, authorities being contacted and tons of things, but eventually she was able to get out into a good safe house. And today just a completely different person than the person we met uh, more than 10 years ago. And Fight for Freedom slowly began out of that one person's story different young people began to approach me with a heart and a passion to fight this injustice. And so we began meeting and mostly praying and coming up with a little bit of vision. What can we do to really combat this on the Canadian landscape? And many people were saying, we need to stop just waiting for us to come across people. We need to go out and begin identifying people and building relationship. And so I never knew. Uh, that I would be starting an anti-sex trafficking organization, but we just felt the Lord was on this and we just had to go with his move. And so uh, um, long story short, 10 plus years later, we now have um, an effort to combat this injustice on several fronts. Uh, The education component, bringing awareness and prevention to young people so they understand the issues. The uh, outreach component, reaching out into these locations where sex trafficking is known to happen, building relationships and finally our aftercare component so working with those who are ready to leave in a survivor care platform Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that's a bit of my story of getting involved with fight for freedom
0: absolutely incredible felicia what about you
2: yeah so um i always had a passion to work with individuals who have faced traumatic um situations Um, growing up in a family where there was domestic violence and abuse, that was usually my interest in school to study about, you know, violence against women. Um, And when I took my second degree in um, international development studies, uh, it was really funny. (laughs) The professor actually said, hey, um, I want everyone on the spot to just give me a a topic that you're going to write your assignment on for the rest of the year. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, no warning or nothing. But, so I just remember praying in that moment as she was going around the circle. And I'm like, God, what do you want me to write about? Like, I usually focus on domestic violence. Uh, should I research more on this? And he's like, it's clear as day. I want you to write about human trafficking. I'm like, human trafficking? Okay. Um, even when I told my professor she was taken off guard, she's like, huh? Okay, and later on, she's like, I want you to focus on sex trafficking because human trafficking is really a broad umbrella. Um, And yeah, the rest is history. I did my research assignment um, on the cross-border trafficking between Nepal and India. And uh, that's where um, my eyes opened up um, with regards to, you know, what's happening across the world um, in red light districts and how women are further exploited. Um, And so, yeah, the rest is history. A few months later, I met Mike, who said that he was doing a work in Toronto. He was journeying alongside this individual that he mentioned. Um, And then we, along with this team of volunteers that we were with, uh, started supporting this individual, um, helping her to find that safe house and counseling and stuff like that. And so that's really where it started. Um, just obedience. I didn't even want to go back to school after I was done social work, but God's like, you need to go back. So I just see God's hand on, you know, even our journeys and pass up until the point of starting fight for freedom.
0: Absolutely incredible. The origin story behind it is so, so good. And you know what a lot of people won't pick up for those that are listening in and, and watching uh, this is actual, this is real life. They, they are married y'all. <laughs> They they are superheroes married together doing this work together with a beautiful family so I wanted to I wanted to kind of start off with a very personal question for you guys um how has 2020 and 2021 been for you as a family how is it how has it affected fight for freedom uh give me give me some of those uh you know and what are the lessons that you're learning during this time too
1: yeah, this past 18 months, no one would have expected that we would be here. It has right. been a difficult journey. And I would say, even for ourselves, and especially those that mm-hmm. we are working with, I think yeah. there was a real hit with mental health. Oh, you know, yeah. a lot of people struggling with thoughts and anxieties and feelings of loneliness and isolation like never before. Mm-hmm. Um, and also closure of, of tons of social gatherings and what that means for all of us. So for we thankfully have some really good communities around us. And so we were able to cling to them in those times of you know, three months in your home alone. And, <laughs> um, but many of the people we work with, it was a very, very challenging season. What we also did find is that many people began to question You know, what are they doing in their life and what would they like to see it look like? And we have seen actually within the organization over the last 18 months, more individuals leave situations of exploitation Mm -hmm. than before. We've also seen many come to know the Lord, many, many stories of people embracing Jesus through through this difficult time. And so even through all of the turmoil and the, the tension and everything, God is shining through. And he is 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 very much working in the lives of the people that we meet on a regular basis.
0: Oh, oh good, so good, Felicia.
2: Yeah, just to even see this the way that God provides, He provides for each of the individuals, even in the midst of you know um, economic downturn and things that are closed. That like God still provides, you know, food for His children. Uh, you know, He's never I've never seen the righteous forsaken or mm-hmm. see back bread and honestly like the way that God um, supports survivors even during a global pandemic it's just it's moving and it's phenomenal and yes there's so many challenges you know uh, that survivors are facing you know um, if life is difficult for us those who are you know facing mental health challenges or trauma and trauma is it just run so deep you know and isolation doesn't make that any easier. So I'm just so grateful, even for our staff team that journey that decided to journey alongside all of these survivors during the season. And they really appreciate it that there are people that care for them, that check in with them. You yeah. know, and it not only affects them, but their families as well.
0: Exactly. And and what about you? Just as a couple, what's just maybe give me one? What's one big lesson that came through or has come up for you guys during this whole time
1: yeah for me it absolutely has been the importance of me to get that special time with the lord apart from everything else so whether it's going for a long walk you know out of the house and just kind of giving him all my fears my worries my anxieties and trusting that he's going to come and, and to fill me, and to give me the strength for the next day, um, and sometimes it's it's day to day. You know, some days that walk is a lot longer than than other days. But uh, yeah, just to, to realize that his strength is there for us if we tap into it.
0: Yeah. So good. Well, I cannot wait to talk to you guys about fight for freedom and really dig in so that people can understand uh, the, the, the heart and the, the determination, the focus behind all that you do. You guys are really paving the way uh, in terms of freedom work in this country. And I'd love to just kind of start with how does that, how does that look day to day? Like what are the ways in which uh, fight for freedom helps and addresses the areas of sexual exploitation in the nation. You talked about the four pillars. I heard four things, I think. Maybe we could break those down a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So traffic people are are forced into various forms of sexual exploitation, whether it be through providing sexual services like in strip clubs, and massage parlors, in the production of pornography. Um, it may occur in other locations like pop-up brothels or even the streets or hotel rooms, Airbnb. condominiums. I mean, the the list just goes on. And so we recognize those areas that are kind of high risk for things like trafficking. And so like we mentioned, we have those four pillars or you've mentioned. And the first one is education. We realized very early on that if we don't educate young people to the realities and the dangers, that this can just continue to be a prevalent issue in our city and our nation and our world. And so we've created lots of different forms of curriculum to speak to different types of people, whether it be junior high, age or high school or college campuses or church groups or different community groups uh, specifically within low-income communities and just causing new awareness Mm -hmm. this is what trafficking looks like here are the signs here are the dangers here's how to protect your friends if you notice something so our education platform has just grown tremendously over the last 10 years Um, also mentioned we started very much with outreach reaching out into these locations and that has grown exponentially across Canada in various um, establishments in various cities we also have a work in the Philippines that was started quite a few years ago and also now uh, we actually just launched um, in Chicago as well and so just identifying where are the places that are not being reached currently by other organizations and how could we Develop a, a team of volunteers to be able to make a difference in that location, and then the last one is that aftercare, like I, or sorry, the third one is is aftercare, like I mentioned. So rehabilitation, housing. Uh, basic needs being met of the individual. Uh, I mean, it could be anything from food to clothing to transportation, Mm -hmm. um, to educational support and assistance. And then of course, the more professional services like uh, therapy or spiritual direction, pastoral care. Um, And then we also offer friendships. um, And so opportunities for people to meet uh, new individuals who can support them in their journey and in their walk. And out of that uh, aftercare program, we've seen many, many individuals who've come through out of very, very difficult situations of exploitation and through time and through investment and through healing, just really becoming just totally different people in an amazing transformative way. And then the last uh, arm or the last focus is partnerships. We know that we cannot do this work alone. Uh, We have got to be working with other organizations. So we try uh, to work with churches and parachurches and other organizations fighting this injustice so that we're using a collaborative approach rather than just coming with our own answers all the time and and working together with others. So that's how, how we attempt to address the subject.
0: That's incredible. And you cover it from all angles. That's what I love is that you're, you're, you're reaching, you're repairing hearts, you're making uh, new inroads for them with rehabilitation. You're educating as well. Uh, There's aftercare involved. Like it's, it's a holistic approach, isn't it?
2: Yeah. I really believe in that wraparound care. Um, And one thing that I've noticed is that um, for survivors, it's just important to have someone who believes in them and um, I love that fight for freedom gets to be those individuals who can just sit down and say, I'm here for you. I believe you. I believe your story. How can we support you? Yeah, I'm really grateful that we could provide that mm-hmm. for individuals.
0: And, you know, when I think about th- this whole industry of sex trafficking uh, and sexual exploitation, I have to be honest, I think, I think we've got a, we get a lot wrong. We get a lot wrong. Uh, there's a lot of um, misunderstanding, misconceptions in and around it. I'd love for you to shed some light. Uh, wh- what is it that we don't know? Or what do we need to know? Maybe that's better to say. What do we need to know about the industry, those that are escaping from it that maybe we have mislabeled or misunderstood?
2: Yeah, I feel like the industry is very glamorized. Um, our, our culture is very sexualized. Um, and I feel like a lot of people don't understand that, yes, some individuals do go into the industry willingly, but it doesn't mean that they can leave willingly, and there's a huge difference there. Yes, there might be freedom and choice, but when your choice is taken away there's something very, very wrong with that. And sex trafficking looks different across the board, you know, there, you know, people aren't necessarily chained, um, (laughs) especially in the Toronto context, even though it can happen. And we've seen that in Mm -hmm. the media that, you know, there are people that are barricaded and they can't leave. Um, But a lot of times, you know, there's like the boyfriending technique where, you know, pimps gain the trust of vulnerable youth in low-income communities or just vulnerable youth who might, be going through a rough season. I've heard um, information where you know a pimp can be in a mall, and there could be a group of friends, and they know who to to um, try to get their attention. There's certain things, certain indicators that they see that they're like, oh, I can, you know, traffic this one and they build their trust and manipulate them. And so I feel like, you know, there's a huge misconception. A question that we get often is, why don't they just leave? (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) right? yeah, we get that a lot and they can't always leave. You Mm -hmm. know, they're, you know, if you think about the circle of violence, even when, you know, talking about, domestic violence or abuse it also applies to trafficking where you know there's that honeymooning technique and then you know they start abusing them and then I'm sorry baby I love you you just need to do this for me and the cycle continues and you know a lot of survivors that actually come out we cannot tell them that they've been trafficked they have to come up with that themselves wow a lot of times they don't even realize you're like that was my boyfriend you know he loved me he still loves me and they don't realize that they've been brainwashed by this individual um, and usually it takes years where they're like oh my gosh I think I was trafficked and wow. we don't try to label them we want them to come to that for themselves
1: mm-hmm. we want them
2: to understand through their own empowerment that you know I was wronged mm-hmm. and you know, I'm on this healing journey
0: and uh, I find I find that um I find like the work that you're doing it's it's not an overnight success story like would you say that you journey with some of these individuals for quite a long time what would be the average roughly
2: as long as they need help we're here you know we don't put a time stamp on an an individual we don't have our own safe house yet it's a dream of ours to have a safe house one day Wow, I (laughs) I love that yeah because there isn't that many actually um especially for ones that aren't age limited, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, past a certain age, they can no longer stay in some of the safe houses that are out there. So you would love to have one that's more open. Um, But yeah, we don't put a timestamp on individuals, because how can you put a timestamp on healing? Exactly. Um, When I think about healing, I think about an onion layer. It's like layer after layer, Mm -hmm. even in my own life healing mm-hmm. has happened in phases there's some seasons where you're more triggered than others Yeah. so we would never want to close the door on an individual Yeah. Um, unless they really say it's my time to move on yeah. and that's what I love about fight for freedom we're just here with that arm outstretched I love- you know a lot of times through even outreach you know we'll meet with individuals and they'll go back to the industry but they always know that we're here and yeah. I think that that is important, you know, we're here for you Mm
1: -hmm. when you come back. I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, the prevalence of, of Indigenous communities mm. within this context, you know, yes. indigenous communities make up 4% of our population. yet within the trafficking stats that are out there, it's, it's between 50 to 70% of individuals who are trafficked are indigenous. Mm-hmm. And so maybe people don't realize that the high yeah. prevalence rates and, and also that there is such a large percentage that it is women, you know, and girls over 90%, but there still is boys. And there yeah. still is to us LGBTQ plus individuals who are trafficked mm-hmm. as well. Um, and recruitment, you know, recruitment can be really young, you know, we've seen very, very young ages of recruitment out of low-income context, out of foster homes, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and the average is between 12 to 15, you know, so young teenage years for
0: mm-hmm. people
1: who are exploited and trafficking.
0: Between 12 to 15, you just, you, I just felt like I got punched there in the air, between 12 years old and 15. That's the average age of grooming, you would say. That's right, yeah. Oh, Okay, so let's let's shift gears ever so slightly, because I know that I know that you're listening, you're watching. And if you're like me, if you have a pulse, you're being you're just feeling the weight of this conversation. And so many of you uh, usually reach out after saying, how can I be of help? What can I do or or thinking, can I even make a difference in this huge beast that is sex trafficking? How can how can we as individuals uh, play a role in helping um, I know that this question comes up a lot. How can we tell the signs that someone's been sex trafficked? Anything you can give in terms of like tools for us?
1: Yeah, so uh, great question regarding the signs. A lot of people ask about those signs of trafficking. Um, and yeah, there, there's, there's many out there. Traffickers target mostly young people um, who are longing for love. And so finding those individuals and then getting them in. Uh, what are, some of the signs that we would see are physical, you know? So what are the physical signs? The person shows signs of abuse, you know, bruising, uh, it burns on their body, different fractures, uh, tattooing or branding that looks particularly different or strange. Um, the person may seem malnourished or maybe even really does look like they need medical care. Um, some behavioral signs that we might notice, the person isn't allowed to speak for themselves um, and their activities are controlled by somebody. You know, I, I was going to a pizza place um, before the pandemic. And I, right away, because I've been doing this for a while, but I identified it right away. There was a young man who came in with a very young girl and he wouldn't let her order. He wouldn't let her sit until he told her to sit. And I, I, you know, it's just obvious signs of something much more going on and could it be trafficking? Possibly. And so noticing, you know, um, someone who's avoiding eye contact seems fearful around uh, conversing with you. Someone who may have substance uh, use challenges. Um, self-harm is, is one for sure. Uh, wearing clothing that's not really appropriate for the situation or for the weather, it's another. But about emotional signs, um, the person may seem anxious overly fearful, um, maybe a little bit too submissive, uh, tense, paranoid is a big one that I've seen quite often. Hypervigilant is another one. And some practical signs. Uh, Maybe the person doesn't have their own things or money. And like I mentioned, they are controlled by somebody else who has their wallet. You know, a person doesn't have identification. Uh, They can't even control their own passport, for example. Maybe they move frequently. Um, from one location to the next, or and possibly, and this has happened, we've had reports where someone's reported missing, and then someone you know shows up who looks similar. So to pay attention to these things, though those signs that could be out there in our world. And so there's the uh, Canadian National Human Trafficking Hotline 1-833-900-1010 There's also the website Canadian Human Trafficking Hotline um, We have friends who work for the organization, and it's a great way to meet with somebody safe confidential and to begin to have conversations in most police forces across the GTA, there is a division of trafficking. Mm -hmm. And so you can reach that particular division and again, anonymously share your concerns and they will give advice and and feedback as to the way to best respond. But I think bigger than any of that is it really is about building relationship. Mm -hmm. And so how can we create safe places for people to want to spend time with us and, and to really be open to share about their own experiences so and, and that you know safe space what does it look like it, it it might look like decolonizing our um their you know our minds and and so that includes active listening asking open-ended questions uh being willing to be a lifelong learner continuing to explore new possibilities mm-hmm. that are out there in the world um and and just being uh, available for individuals. And the more that people are willing to journey with somebody who's going through a difficult time, the more likelihood that someone be ready to share and ready for help to leave.
0: So so good, and you know, I'm thinking about there's a particular pillar that really it resonated with me as you were you were speaking, uh, Mike, about uh, support and aftercare, and and I'd love to kind of dive into that because that that and and then Felicia, you also were saying about having no time limit and tracking with people for as long as it takes. Can you give us some examples of what um, an individual who's sort of just freshly been rescued or freshly has come out? of sexual exploitation and now they're in your hands, what does that support and aftercare look like?
2: Uh, So usually we do an intake process. And in that process, you know, we just ask some questions, some deeper questions, whatever they feel comfortable with sharing a lot of times. They're afraid to share information because they're afraid that their pimp is gonna find them. So we have to assess though, like, okay, you know, how how much in danger are you? Like, are you in danger? Um, How can we help you? Do we need to call the police? But sometimes the police could also scare them. So we have to be very, very careful with that. Um, And then based on what they tell us their need is, you know, and that's one thing, we try not to put words in their mouth. We want them to tell us what they need. And then based on that, we reach out to our networks um, and try to find them that support. And if we don't have it, we try to find it for them. And I think um, right now, differences is, is that 10 years ago there wasn't a lot that was happening mm-hmm. <laughs> with regards to fighting sex trafficking like there was not much going on but now there's so many more places that are um, supporting survivors mm-hmm. and so you know even just letting them know that you know what that we will find you that support there's mm-hmm. you know many different avenues where we can support whether it's housing or <clears throat> needing like food and stuff like that and so yeah, I think that um, with regards to rehabilitation, a lot of times they just need someone to listen. They need, um, like, counseling. So we're really grateful that we have a counselor on staff who's able to um, journey alongside survivors. And if we're full, we make sure that we find them a counselor elsewhere, someone who understands trauma, mm-hmm. Um yeah.
0: So good. And if they need lodging or a place to stay, you also will help try to connect them with all of that as well.
2: Yes, absolutely. There are some safe houses that we are connected to. um, And so we usually contact them. And if they do have space, we will make sure that they get there, make sure they have transportation to get there, and that they're in safe hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Fantastic. That It sounds like it's really hands-on. I love that. Um, and, you know, I, I'm i sitting here listening to you, Felicia, and I'm just wondering, uh, Mike, I'd love to hear your thoughts too. Was there ever a time, a, a, 10 years, this is a long road, right? This yeah. is a long road, um, probably very heartbreaking at times, uh, very shocking to the system with some of what you're seeing. Was there ever a moment that the work got too hard for you? Um, did you ever feel like white flagging guys? And, and, what, and if so, Obviously, you're here. What made you stay?
2: Yeah, I mean, like being on the front lines of something like this is not easy. And of course, the enemy will try to hit us in different ways. And um, there are some seasons that are harder than others, for sure. Um, but we also realize that this is God's work. This is God's kingdom. And when you hear a survivor share about how much your life has been impacted, you can't go back from that. Mm. Um, and this ministry is for the next generation to run with this and to know that even if you feel like you can't change the whole entire world you can make a ripple in that ocean you can help that one person help that one individual and I'm really big on that you know a lot of times we feel like we have to help the masses to in order to make a difference but you can make a difference in one person's life who has experienced something traumatic and can you imagine the fruit of, you know, that I often find that like survivors, once they've been healed, they want to help other people Mm -hmm. get out of the industry. It's so common. It's like, I want to help others that are in the situation that I was in. it just inspires me. Mm -hmm. Wow, you've gone through such a traumatic um, situation. But Mm -hmm. all you're thinking about is the friends you left behind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think about the 99 and one, they're Mm -hmm. like, no, I have still have sisters out there. I still have brothers out there. Yeah. I wanna spread the word. I wanna Ooh. see them um, get out. I know what it's like to be trafficked, and I don't want anyone else to experience that. And I feel like those experiences is what keeps me grounded. Mm. You know, when I see um, dreams being fulfilled, survivors being able to go back to school, um, empowering their voice that's what keeps me grounded god's light shines brightest in the darkest places being on outreach and having individuals say wow it's nice that you know someone remembers us to let them know that they're not forgotten and so because i know it's god's ministry even though you know hard seasons come how can i how can i walk away unless it's my season to walk away uh, (laughs) or our season to walk away and you know um we're both pursuing uh, clinical counseling, and we want to do therapy. And I have a huge um, heart to continue to journey alongside with those who have experienced trauma. There's not a lot of um, therapists, to my knowledge, that understands sex trafficking, and so I'd love to create a safe space for survivors mm. to, you know, um, that I'm not going to judge them. So a lot of times, you know, because we talked about that racial piece, you know there's systemic injustices that still happen and you know can you imagine you're you know someone from the BIPOC community you've gone through sexual exploitation and you know you're you try to go to the doctor or you try to go to you know some kind of system you know the police or something and feel like you're not going to be believed or treated with dignity you know and so we're here to advocate we're here to you know create a place and a voice for others and even just to have someone sometimes to sit down with them in a doctor's appointment makes the world of a difference for somebody Mm -hmm. to teach them how to use the bus and know that we're not going to judge you for that, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's a big thing too. Like we try our very best to make sure that our volunteers and our staff and us ourselves treat each individual with that dignity.
0: Uh, For those that are here listening and they are in a tough time, What have you learned, Mike? What have you learned about uh, yourself? What have you learned about God? What have you learned about others through your times of storms and hardship?
1: Yeah, um, storms come and Mm -hmm. often when they're least expected Um, and they teach us about real gratitude. Mm -hmm. You know, what to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. The storms teach us about real joy. What brings us true joy and not surface level joy? You know, the storms, teach, the storms teach us about peace. Oh. You know, how to maintain that, you know, sense of calmness in the midst of things that are just wild around us. Um, storms teach us where our treasure is.
0: Oh, I love where that.
1: The peace mm-hmm. that matters most in our life. You know, storms teach us where our strength comes from. Hmm. And storms teach us how to persevere. And so I, th- I think so much of, of the Romans 5, you know, and when it speaks of, uh, you know, suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, mm-hmm. and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Like it, it, it's such a powerful mm-hmm. experience of a storm, though in it, it often feels overwhelming. Mm-hmm. We're clouded by the darkness, we hear the thunder, and it's scary. Mm-hmm. And yet, when we fix our eyes on the one who created us, he shows us that very clear purpose for some of these difficult things.
0: Uh, I'm just going to call the choir to come uh, to sing. We have an anchor oh. flat. Can we just keep offering at this time uh, as we get ready to close? We're going to open up the altars
2: for prayer. Listen. <laughs> I felt that one in my gut. Woo. <laughs> He said, "What now?" My, my legs were shaking. I'm like, Mike, mm-hmm. uh, I think you need to also uh,
0: go back for uh, preaching, teaching, pastorship. <laughs> that was everything I needed to hear. Everything I needed to hear. And I, you know what? I never ever do this. I never do this. But just bullet point. Please, just the storms teach us, just say that all one more time, please and thank um,
1: Storms teach us about gratitude. They teach us about joy. They teach us about peace. They teach us about where our real treasure is. And they teach us about strength and perseverance.
2: I
0: am so glad that both of you are here today not only are you filled to the brim with compassion uh but you have such weight behind you you are so grounded in scripture in your faith in prayer i guess you'd have to be to be in this line of work because i can't imagine we were even having uh you know we can share now we were having some major difficulties y'all <laughs> We're having (laughs) technical difficulties. um, And, and that is so like indicative of the opposition. Like just, it feels like the work of sex trafficking is sometimes an uphill, you know, mm -hmm. battle, lots of pushing. You need a lot of hands in the plow. You need a lot of support. It's, 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 it's such a machine It's bigger than one person. I'd love to ask you now, like, how can we as a community, those that are listening, those that have stumbled onto the podcast, those that got it through a share, how can we help you? You, you know, you're, you're this married couple strapping this, uh, mission on your back. How can we support, how can we help in donations, um, fundraising, any events coming up? Please let us know anything that we can do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So you can volunteer with us. (laughs) That would be wonderful. We, like we said before, we have various outreach initiatives, um, street outreach, um, online ministry. There's just so much that we're doing. So if you're interested, fill out a form uh, on our website, number (laughs) 4 freedomca yeah, come out to our events. We actually have um, a walking event where we're hoping to raise, I believe, over $20,000 for the work that we do. So come on out, pray with us, walk with us. Um, Given the COVID restrictions, obviously, but there are different teams. So find a team that is close to you and join us. And financially, that would be amazing because of course the survivors need your help. We can't run without um, financial support. And so please, if you can donate, donate. All of our staff are support raised missionaries. So if you see a staff that God lays on your heart, there's a drop-down menu, support them per month because they're doing phenomenal work. And not all of us are 100% supported. So please um, help us, help join in. Remember you can help by just helping one individual. And if you can't go yourself, send. So send those that are doing the work firsthand. And so thank you for your considerations. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're listening uh, to this conversation. You've been watching it. And if the thought of someone being held against their will, or being trafficked against their will, or not being allowed to leave, uh, being oppressed in any way, if any of this conversation has pricked your heart, would you consider being a partner for fight for freedom today? Uh, Think about a donation of any size, Uh, there is nothing too small, nothing too large. Uh, And you know, One of the things that I love about these moments is we can't all, I know we'd love to all run to the street and find a way to just touch and reach these people who are just so needing of it, but we can't, not everyone can do that, but you can be um, present by extension. You can be, you can, you can make a difference by extension and your giving empowers those who are in a place to do this kind of intentional, uh, one-on-one work to do that. And so why don't you consider, uh, this, 2021 season guys this beautiful fall season to make a difference maybe pray with your family pray with your prayer group get some women together get some guys together and make a donation to fight for freedom remember it's for freedom.ca and also where can we find you on the social media guys
1: yeah both facebook and instagram uh, we have fight freedom ca as the, the the hashtag or the line and so you can follow us in both venues so fight freedom fight for freedom ca
0: fight for freedom ca beautiful well guys you have been such a blessing such a joy i want to give you guys the last word anything on your heart you want to share with uh, those that are listening and watching
1: yeah i just wanted to thank everyone for tuning in and hearing some of the realities of what people may experience in our city and world and very often it, it can be quite jarring it can be quite eye-opening however there is a work to combat this that is growing and it is extremely encouraging to see the effort that is coming out. I also just wanna mention um, you know, the power of prayer. Yes, we had some technical issues today and there's teams behind us just praying and supporting this work and that causes such a tremendous impact. So as you're thinking about how you might be able to help, maybe you can't volunteer, maybe you're not able to offer finance, but your prayer can mm-hmm. help this ministry to go where it needs to go and mm-hmm. help the people in need.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, listen, I got a surprise question for you. Uh, you didn't prepare for it because I, li- I like keeping you on the spot. I like keeping you on your toes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
0: this is a finished this sentence question and I really think it's so perfect for for the conversation that we're having so in light of this whole topic of um you know anti-sex trafficking uh reaching out uh people being local urban missionaries really I'd love you to finish this sentence both of you will each have an opportunity what is it time for so you're going to say it's time for blank so Mike it's time for
1: it's time for justice
0: Mm. I love it. I love it.
2: Felicia, it's time for? It's time for people to have voice.
0: Mm. I love it. And now we're going to flip it. And this time, uh, when you answer, feel free to unpack it just a little bit for us because uh, people will want to hear the, the story behind your, uh, your answer. What is it not time for? Mike, what is it not time for and why?
1: It is not a time for apathy. Our world is in chaos, pandemic, natural disasters really needs us to reach out to others and check in on others and love well.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Beautiful. Felicia, for you?
2: It's not a time to do nothing. There Mm -hmm. is something that every person can do. And God has given us all talents. What is your talent? Use it for the kingdom. God has equipped each of us to do something. So, Refrain from that urge to do nothing, do something.
0: I love that. Do something, Mike and Felicia. Thank you so much for being on the path. You are such a blessing, and I want to thank you on behalf of our entire team for believing in me, believing in my voice, as you said so perfectly, Felicia. Empowering my voice to help make a difference. We're gonna shake the world. We we're just getting yes. started. Yeah. <laughs> y'all, <laughs> strap in. Keep your hands inside the vehicle at all times. Ooh. <laughs> yes, we are going to do some great work. I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for believing in us. It means the world. Thank you. Oh, thank
2: thank you, you for believing in
0: us. <laughs> it means the world to us. Absolutely. So guys, thank you for being on the path. And ladies and gentlemen, that is it for now, but listen more to come with fight for freedom. And I want to encourage you again, check them out at fight or go to Instagram or Facebook fight for freedom.ca. Check them out. God bless you. Wow, what an incredible conversation with Mike and Felicia. I want to thank them for stopping by, thank them for sharing their hearts, and also encouraging us on how we can make a difference in our own local communities. Guys, FightForFreedom.ca and so many other organizations are doing such great work, but you and I can be world changers and difference makers in our own community, and that's what this podcast is always about. It's about encouraging you to make a difference. You know, uh, human traffic Trafficking is a growing problem in our country. 68% of police reported trafficking cases between 2009 to 2018 were within Canada's borders. That means within the nation of Canada, the majority of that was taking place. And the age of recruitment, this is what shook me, guys, is as low as 12 years old. I know that we can make a difference. If we're not there intentionally with presence... We can do it through prayer. We can do it through finances. Why don't you consider making a donation once again to fightforfreedom.ca? Thank you so much for joining us, guys, in this season three. Tell a friend we are changing the world one conversation at a time. Thank you so much. In the meantime, keep living, keep learning, keep loving, and let's keep making a difference. I will see you on the path.
1: Thank you for listening to On The Path Podcast with Cheryl Nemhard. brought to you by Fight For Freedom, educating, empowering, and equipping community members by raising awareness and training others surrounding the issues of sex trafficking. For more information or to donate, go to fightforfreedom.ca. Please like, download, and subscribe. This has been an Exusia Media production.